Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple and DJ Lean. Broadcasting live from the slag heap. We about to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it. We're rolling deep in the slag heap and we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about. Huh. To wax about. We ain't got time to sleep, but on the cheap. Keep it straight, cause we know what we're talking about. It ain't for cloud. Welcome, friends. How are you? Thank you very much for tuning in to our episode today. You are, of course, listening to Supple and Lean, a geek cast, episode three. My name's Imran. I'm talking to you from London in the UK, and we will shortly be joined by my co-host in Vahe from Melbourne, Australia. Um, before we get to Vahe, I just wanted to give a quick hi, hello, and rundown of our show today. Uh, this is episode three. Um, and uh, this this episode kind of goes into quick succession to episodes four and five. So, what is what became what excuse me what was supposed to be a conversation about Axe Assassin Albertson, uh, which is a five part project by Bad Lip Reading, which was supposed to be uh, a single conversation, has become nearly six hours worth of podcast uh, footage, which is incredible and has been a absolute. I think it's in the third episode we used the word experience and um, it's become an absolute experience and uh, if you're unfamiliar with bad lip reading you absolutely must check them out on YouTube they've got some great videos that are hilarious and um, I won't set up anymore it's almost exactly as it sounds in bad lip reading um, Axe Assassin Albertson is um, uh, something very, very, very unique to uh, kind of the content that they've been putting out. I don't want to set this up too much because we do so in the actual episode and I don't want to go over ground that is better uh, set up and explained by Varhe. But just to say this um, Axe Assassin Albertson is a five-part uh, YouTube series Um from bad lip reading each episode i highly recommend checking them out before exploring our episodes um uh, they uh, each episode is about five or six minutes so it wouldn't take you very long at all to kind of get through all the um uh, you know, to get through each of the segments i think they refer to on youtube um and well worth your time to kind of check them out so when you do that then have a have a have a listen to us and our uh, oh gosh, in-depth, incredible explorations into the hidden meanings behind uh, the project, which the premise of which is that it's the year 2122 and a lonely AI which finds itself, um, again, alone in an uninhabited earth where uh, humans seem to have... Um, been extinct or exterminated um uh, the, the uh, ai in cascade pieces our lives uh, together using footage of hamilton now i'll say no more um it is uh, an incredible kind of uh, undertaking from bad lip reading and an incredible undertaking from us because every time we sat down to have these conversations they spawn kind of new things to discuss um and in this episode we kind of take the premise that potentially this is an AI who has misinterpreted parts of our history using footage. And we kind of look at 
our own history and how much of it we don't actually know around where we where we live and uh, the kind of the world that we're told is 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 one kind of iteration of a of a of a past sometimes we don't really know much about so uh anyway i'm setting this up too much and badly so uh please check out uh the episode it is so much fun and stay tuned to the forever and electric dreams website because episodes uh four and five will be coming very very quickly um, uh, as we said, you could check these out at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Um, the only other thing I need to make mention of is um, uh, the supple end uh, lean episodes always have brand new original music uh, by Vahe. He gifts us, he blesses this podcast with a new song that is that pertains to um, our topic of discussion. So uh, I'm about to introduce you to... Uh, this episode's track, it is called Reconstitutionarium Part 1. I hope I've pronounced that right and not missed about eight vowels. Uh, and um, this is an absolute gem of a tune. He's a musical genius as well as an incredible orator. So uh, without this, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, Reconstitutionarium Part 1.
to the future. It may not be what you expected. The loneliness has finally ceased. The world can breathe. You are at last alive. I got to go to the drive-in movies a couple of times as well, which is nice. Oh, yes. I saw some recent posts. Yeah, you had, you saw Transformers, right? <sighs> yeah. And before that, I saw uh, Fast X. Um, right. So the, the drive-ins here, um, I guess, just to inform your viewers who aren't viewers or our viewers yeah. <laughs> they're not really viewers if you know what i mean um yeah those uh the, we have a drive-ins here called the lunar drive-ins and it's been right. in operation set on and off since about the 60s um one of the actually the biggest uh remaining drive-in i think in the southern hemisphere at this point um it's got a bit of history to it and it's always been just um about 15 maybe 10 15 minutes drive away from my house at any given moment, nice. wherever, wherever I've lived. So that is shutting down on 9th of July uh, oh, for good, yeah. like permanently. And it was sad for me because I spent like a lot of time there. Like I was at point was just there uh, like two, three times a week um, wow. just to watch, be able to watch movies uh, in the drive-ins through, from my car. Like mm. <laughs> just the actual opportunity of doing that was first like really fun when I first started going in like 2009 um it's like a second home basically like i think i've seen 97 to 98 percent of all movies in the last 14 years uh, has been at the drive-ins i was uh, yeah i thought you were going to say 97 or like movies but then you said percent (laughs) but that would still constitute probably that yeah i was gonna say it was like well yeah that probably is that amount if not more um gosh amazing um why is it closing just oh my businesses or it was i think got hit hard by covid as well so it was mostly i think it was mostly shut down during that period even though well technically you're kind of in the car (laughs) yeah everyone you already (laughs) safely spaced what's the problem (laughs) yeah yeah it's i I don't know invariably everything got hit pretty hard here i know our lockdowns were a lot more severe uh actually they were the harshest on earth, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah. uh, smaller businesses, yeah, forget about it. Um, we, a, lot, we lost a lot of small businesses that went under. Um, and even the large ones we thought would be here forever, the drive-ins, they're actually shutting down because apparently the land taxes just shot up as well. And they, they can't actually afford the rent as well. Right. That went wow. up to the landlords. So everything just like skyrocketed. And it's the, they're basically like, yeah, well, we can't keep this going. You know, it's we've mm. kind of been running at a loss for a little bit as well. And it's like, yeah, we've got to wrap it up. So it's a bit sad. And I think they're going to turn it into an industrial park or some Grim. shit like that, which is yeah. kind of where it's Grim. situated. It's actually surrounded yeah. by like just industrial parks and uh, warehouses and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. yeah. Are they announcing like a big like special screening on their last day or something? Is there like a big movie that they're gonna go off? <laughs> yeah, so like every so often they'll actually play uh, older movies. Um not necessarily part of like a so, some special movie screening night, but like they'll pick random ones every now and then. Like um I think uh, during Halloween or at least this last year, maybe. I think maybe last mm. year, October, they showed the crow there. So when I saw the crow oh. On the big one of my screen. favorite movies of all time. Adore yeah. that film. Yeah, that was oh, that was God, a, amazing. That was a trip. Just seeing that yeah. on the big screen. Um, wow, that was great. 
and they kind of do that every now and then. Uh, so to wrap up, I guess in those last three, four days, they are mixing it up with um, older movies, including the new ones. So they're playing shit like Back to the Future, which I would have loved to actually go see there as well, but they got, they got sold out pretty quick. Um, Say Anything, I think, which is a movie from 1989. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, mm-hmm. And for some reason, <laughs> the last movie ever that they're going to play ever Mm-hmm. As the very last screening, as far as I can remember, is Austin Powers Gold Member. <laughs> <laughs> like, is uh, it interesting choice to end? Is end that just again. like what? Is that like what was just scheduled on the day anyway? Or is there some? Is there some actual significance why that's the send off movie? I'm honestly not sure. I, I that's what I thought. My immediate thought was there's got to be some kind of historical significance or maybe it's like yeah. the, one of the favorite movies of the current owner uh, who knows <laughs> who the fuck knows at this point it's like yeah all right um yeah yeah baby thanks for the memories baby yeah some of those scenes don't age as well as they as you as you kind of think that they would sometimes every now and then i'll catch one of them and i'll watch and think oh my god i used to think this was like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life but <laughs> that's a bit racist uh, i can't believe they yeah. said that uh, and so, so sometimes some of these bits don't really age at all very well but yeah. in general i'm a big i am a big austin powers fan but yeah I, I i do catch occasional scenes where i think oh my gosh it's still the first one. You know, like the first one, I think we briefly discussed this at one point as well, but um, Austin Powers number one, there's this like, because it's just a random movie out of nowhere. It didn't have that high budget right. gloss that I think number two and three did. Hmm. But the first one had like uh, a very grounded feel and it actually had a pretty cool little story and Austin was actually very kind of sympathetic at yeah. some points too. Um it had a very organic, more of an organic kind of feel to it. Um, but I think that first one is probably the best one. Mm. Um, yeah. Speaking. Um, Gosh, I can't even remember the second one. Um, that was Heather Graham, was, wasn't it? Yeah. The Spy Who Shagged Me. So that was fairly <laughs> uh, uh, popular here too. Like that was a big one here. Yeah. Um, we loved Awesome Pals. Yeah. It was um, pretty great. Yeah. There were some wonderful moments, but I... I don't know. I, there, there was some. I can't remember which one it was. I did see. Maybe it was the third. Maybe it was Gold Member. But mm. it's just certain scenes. You just think, oh, like that's that's a bit harsh. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit inappropriate. But um, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. It's very good. What well, is appropriate is name me a character a lot of vagina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. They kind of set the they set the tone pretty early on. So, I was. Yeah. The, I think the scene. I know there was the there was worse ones than this, but the one that's in my head was uh, when he meets the twins. I'm fuck me, fuck me, fuck you. Oh, you dirty naughty girl. Um, and then sisters, oi boing boing, and it's like, oh my god, this is <laughs> what's happening. Um, I don't remember which one that was, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's a portion of of, of um his career where there was a string of movies where it was a little bit too much. Right. <laughs> and I think that might've been part of that. Uh, maybe the third Austin Powers movie, that love guru movie, perhaps. Right. I never saw else. that, but my gosh, that was mauled, wasn't it? That was savaged. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have your hits and your misses. Um, yeah. Like he said at his, uh, at Sean Connery's, 
one of Sean Connery's speeches, I think, uh, when they're honoring Sean Connery. Uh, Mike, um, Michael Myers? Mike Myers? Yeah, Mike yeah. Myers, yeah. He basically, it was basically like, Sean, I pretty much owe you my career. Um, he's basically doing an impression of him in Shrek, um, like a version <laughs> of him. That's his voice. Like he was going for that that voice. Right. He was basing it on Sean Connery. And then I think he said, most of his iconic performances outside of like Wayne's world, maybe um, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think um, this was some, in some, in some way almost based on something Sean did, but yeah, mm. um, he cribbed a lot from Sean Connery apparently <laughs> to, to bring these characters to life. But yeah, anyway, so um, birthday activities, that was one. Um, I also played a gig. I think you saw yes. a post I made. So it was just a, two-man gig with um, a mate of mine playing his original well a couple of his original tunes and covering some international music like we did a uh, Sri Lankan song we did a Portuguese uh, an Italian song and a couple of English songs just at the uh, world fair here at a local market again local market uh, it's about 10 minutes away from me but it's been around for about 100 years or some change now uh, the Dandenong uh, markets that's the second market I've played at. The other one was at Queen Victoria Market, which was closer to the city, actually in the city, mm. and both really cool experiences. The first one was a full band, and I was on the drums. Um, it's pretty interesting playing amongst that kind of crowd. There's actually quite a lot of people, <laughs> um, but the sights and the sounds and the environment, it was really cool to play there. So that was, that was a cool thing to do. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, just I mean, the, the pigs of it look great. I mean, you, you made the press as well, right? Oh, the local rag. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Don't don't believe any of the other shit they print about me though. Right? It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Just like Shaggy used to say, man. It wasn't me. <laughs> I, I, I will I will I will be more uh, discerning about the information I retrieve about you, don't worry. So um But yeah. they had quite a lot to say about you, Imran. I mean they had a whole oh piece God. just saying so this a review on surviving Imran. Like <laughs> where are we at now post survival? <laughs> Has he learned his um, lessons? I <laughs> Has he learned his lessons? Oh gee. Uh, <laughs> it's just never gonna go away, is it? It's just <laughs> And I'm really not sorry because it just brings me so much uh, entertainment. This will turn into something. I guarantee this will turn into like a mock, full like mock um, trailer for the oh actual show. That is, um, I think that might be the best surviving Iran like uh, commentary ever. Has he learned his lesson? <laughs> Let's find out. Hopefully, he hasn't, so we can keep entertaining you. That <laughs> was gonna stay with me for a while. Like, oh, that's <laughs> it's like, what have you achieved uh, at the end of like you're in your fifties and you're looking back? It's like the one thing that went viral was like my fuck off uh, little comedy <laughs> skit parody trailer of surviving him. Oh, shoot. Um, um, outside of that, I didn't really do much. Um, yeah, just barbecued a lot at home because I love doing nice. that shit. I've been yes. affecting my smoking techniques. So okay. um, really like smoking the crap out of the, the meats I'm cooking on the uh, open fire pit with all the natural wood that I have. And it's just like, whoa, intense smoky flavors. Um, yeah. Yeah, not much else. Though. Wonderful. 
what is your favorite meat to cook? <laughs> Other <laughs> than <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> I only ask because I'm I'm a big I'm a, I, lamb is my my thing. But I sometimes yeah, find yeah. myself the only person in my household who can sort of really like it. So I I mm. I only really get it when we sort of go out for dinner. And then I'll pick, always gravitate to the lamb dish because I just don't, I, I almost don't really get it. But uh, yeah, I, I, oh, I, love, I love lamb. Yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're big lamb eaters, definitely. I think um, we're similar in that regard. Uh, definitely our culture is lamb heavy. But I get it. Like lamb has a very specific smell as well. Like right. it's, uh, it's very distinct. I think uh, if you're sensitive to, specific, to, to certain stronger smells and tastes, maybe I think it triggers that in some people with lamb. Like mm, I, I yeah, kind of yeah. get it. Um, but like favorite meats lately, it's been I've settled down on uh, say beef ribeye steaks, like on the bone. Oh, okay, yeah. Or tomahawk steaks. They're they're pretty crazy. I love those. And then you got these things called pork rashers, which are like uh, pork ribs without the bones. Um, oh, wow. chop them up into little kebab styles, chuck it, chuck it along skewers and slow cook the shit out of that one and smoke it the fuck to hell. Because you, <laughs> you can get to do the crackling because it's got the skin side. So it actually gets to right. like really, you know, beef up the crackling to like crunchy levels, like like chips. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll do for favorite meats outside yeah, of good, yeah, good on, yeah, yeah. outside of Imran, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's our favorite cut of meat at Blue and Green and here at the Supple and Lean Slag Heap headquarters. <laughs> Supple and Lean, that's a good meat description in general, isn't it? Like, how do you like your meat? I like it so <laughs> I tell you, our, our brand has so much like uh, it really does. It's, usage uh... in food, food related things. <laughs> Are you trying to get more Supple and Lean? <laughs> Take the new vitamin pill. Slag. <laughs> we just call it slag. That's the <laughs> oh my, yeah, dietary oh, supplement. Yeah. And then you come in and be dietary supplements. Slag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, just let it all out, out but it's yeah, been a while. Good, yeah. It's been a while. Yes. Let's hug yeah, it out, bitch. Sorry, I haven't said that in years. <laughs> That's an entourage quote, by the way. I think you don't. Right, know. okay. Oh, no, don't ruin it. You claim it. It's yours. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> would it surprise you to for me to reveal that I've never seen the Fast and Furious movie? Um, Not entirely. I'm pretty sure you, you probably think those things are silly as fuck anyway from the outside. Well, well, I, if, if, I don't know. I, I don't... I. I guess so. I mean, they just sort of solve crimes by racing, right? That's the premise <laughs> of the film. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I want to see that version. <laughs> Fucking crime solving. Yeah, it's like well, a, yeah, it's like too far off. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured that's all I've ever really known about it. Like, I, it, I've never run from it. I've just never been in a situation <laughs> where it's like, hey, let's do this, and then you know you miss like the first eight. It just you can't catch up, right? You got to go <laughs> yeah, all the way back. <laughs> I did see about forty minutes of um, Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, 
Yeah. I saw about four because yeah, we 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 stayed out overnight somewhere and it was just it was on in the hotel. And uh yeah, we watched about forty odd minutes of that. Uh that was okay. Yeah, look, that's probably a little different from the regular formula, but again, okay. kinda similar. Like that was more Yeah, yeah, not not really how the main mainline movies are, but it's similar in tone, I guess. But mm. Look, the the appeal of Fast and Furious, and I was there from the beginning. Like, I saw the first one when it came out in theaters, and it was a great movie, great little movie. If you haven't seen the very first one either, it's mm. uh, yeah, it holds up. It's it's a nice self contained uh, street racing. It's it's basically a troop of street racers who then turn to uh, doing odd jobs to make money, like illegal shit, and then an undercover cop, which was Paul Walker's character, uh, who um, joins them undercover. And then eventually learns to love them and sort of joins them uh, over being with, I guess he was with the FBI, I think, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was just, a, I guess, an unexpected sort of breakout hit. And then they made a sequel without Vin. Vin Diesel wasn't in, I think, the second one, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> right, yes. That's when we get introduced, I think, to um, Tyrese and Ludacris's characters. That's when they show up. Mm-hmm. And number two with Paul Walker. And then there was a bit of a gap. They did uh, the third one, which was, I think, Tokyo Drift, which was probably the silliest one at that point. Mm. Um, and it was goofy as fuck, but the the drag racing scenes were fucking awesome. And I just loved it. I just, I really I fell in love with the actual tone of it at that point because it, it really started to be self-aware about um, how kind of silly it is and heightened everything is. But it really delivered the entertainment value. Like for me, that's what drives that franchise. It just does not apologize for what it is and tries to entertain the fuck out of you. Uh, (laughs) And it actually built, like they built their own live action universe. Like everything connects from one to the other. And there's this really weird skewed timeline to it because um, some of the main characters die and then they come back. Actually, most of them fucking die and then just pop up again later on. Oh, they're alive. And then they got to, yeah. Then they got to explain the backstory. And then what happened was, (laughs) one, two, and three happen at a certain time point, and then they jump backwards. So four, five, and six then take place between two and three in the timeline, and then it picks up again from like six, seven, eight, or whatever, and it picks and it gets back into the current timeline. So So they're not actually time traveling. It's no. just the story's disjointed. Uh, you got to see some serious shit. Yeah, no, it's um, no. It was basically just just they had to do it that way because they wanted to include the character they killed off previously in the third movie. Right. His name was Han, uh, one of the main characters, and yeah, they resurrected him, a few others across, and then it just got really huge and convoluted. They become basically secret agents for a secret government organization, do them uh, favors and odd jobs that. Uh, other people can't do and they usually do them with cars and they do the craziest fucking shit <laughs> like remember some of the craziest stunts and things you've ever seen even though most of it's cg at, at some point it's just gravity defying logic defying mm. things happening um and it's all anchored by vin diesel's <laughs> very like i guess you could say stoic performance as dominic Toretto, which he was more of a human being in the first movie um, but then he later just becomes a superhero. He's like a he's basically a Marvel superhero in his own universe, right? Um, 
and is all about family. You've heard yes. all the memes, right? It's yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's got a heart to it. That's as corny as it is with the whole family sh- uh, shit. It is actually driven by that, and they do make an effort to reinforce that every film. Mm. That what they're doing, what they're living for, or why they do these things is because family, and that's not just blood. That's just the the good friends that they make along the way. Um, yeah. But Fast X <laughs> was insane, dude. It's it was insane. <laughs> if Transformers wasn't so fucking good as well, I would have just been like, "Yeah, well, Fast X, that's got my movie of the year vote so far." <laughs> wow, my gosh! Yeah, so good, man. So good. And yeah, I guess just touching on the last movie I saw, which is technically the last movie I'll ever see at the drive-ins. That's the one I wanted mm-hmm. to see originally, uh, which is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Right. Um, I've mentioned my Beast Wars fandom before uh, yeah. multiple times, and this is the first time they brought those characters into the live-action Transformers universe, and it was just like, ooh, it was so much fun as well. And um, Unicron's in this? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Big-ass fucking Unicron, um, Optimus Prime and Primal. Uh, you wouldn't be familiar with the Beast Wars uh, characters, but... no. Yeah, yeah, lots of uh, just fucking loads of nostalgia, man. Like, they actually did yeah. it right. You can tell the people who wrote the film actually are writing it to be uh, servicing the nerd factions as well, like really just letting the, letting us know that, oh, yeah, here's a little nugget that you recognize, even if it's a dialogue, piece of dialogue or a character. Um, yeah, it was very much fan servicey, but also just your regular sort of big-ass action blockbuster movie Mm. um but the dialogue was really good like the human characters are usually the weakest in these transformers movies but these time these these human characters were like actually interesting and weren't dumb didn't do random shit for no fucking reason you didn't have a scene like in transformers 2 i think where shia labeouf's parents come to visit him at the campus and his mum like eats like a hash cookie and then she trips balls (laughs) it's like (laughs) Why? Right. You know, there were scenes in the last <laughs> movies where it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is a Transformers movie. Just miss me with all this extra shit. You know, yeah. just have the humans do stuff that's complementary to the main story, which involves sentient robots. Please just focus on that. And this this yeah. film delivered on that. It was their story for once. Um, and the humans were just complementary to it. Uh, uh, that's that's encouraging. That's really cool. Do you have an affection for the uh, the eighties original Unicron appearance movie with Hot Rod and stuff like that? Did you have a, an affection for that movie in general? Well, I I think I've mentioned before the Transformers uh, cartoon film from eighty four. Mm. It does not hold up for me when I rewatch it. It's just the wow. it just doesn't. Um, it really drags, and the only bits that really sort of perk it up are the Unicron scenes, and I believe it's. Orson Welles with one of his final um I still can't get my head around that. It's such a bizarre It's like I I have summoned you here for a purpose. (laughs) He fucks fucks Megatron up. Like how how can you how can you deal with the Unicron? He's a he's a planet sized transformer who eats other planets. Yeah. Like what the hell? You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I yeah. I didn't mind the yeah the unicorn depiction, and they actually depicted him in Beast Wars too uh, a couple of times, and yeah, he's always this like larger than life specter that's looming in the background. He's the ultimate big bad. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're a Decepticon 
Autobot, Maximal, Predacon, doesn't matter what faction, it's like you're all nothing when the Unicron's in the picture. So you got to band together mm. or die. Wow. Does, there, does this um, uh, Transformers movie bring a conclusion to the that story or does it continue into another one? This is the thing that's been the point of contention. No one's 100% sure, especially since Bumblebee came out. We know they're taking place in earlier points in the timeline. So Bumblebee is like in the 80s, I believe. And okay. then late 80s, perhaps. And then this Transformers takes place, uh, Rise of the Beasts is uh, taking place in 94. Um, hmm. So initially people are like, well, this is just the lead up to the mainline Transformers films, the Bay universe that started with you know Transformers 1 hmm. in 07, whenever it came out. But uh, that's not the case. So this was actually a proper reboot starting with Bumblebee um, oh, wow. to actually reset the story. So it's, yeah, consider it like a number one and number two. So this is like part two. Um, hopefully it does really well and they'll expand on the whole Beast Wars angle of it and include more sort of iconic characters from that IP. Mm-hmm. We'll get more. Um, that's just going to continue the current story. Yeah. So it's actually just, I think it's separated completely now. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's quite a long gap between Bumblebee, though, isn't it? That was, that's yeah. some years ago, isn't it? But yeah, I, I think uh, COVID and all that. Make. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, it delayed it a bit. They announced this one like a good two or three years ago, maybe, I think, at this point. But wow. yeah, anyway, man. But uh, yes, in the meantime, however, should we jump in? Yeah. To, um, our official. Uh, mean. Episode uh, three. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. I feel like I feel like that what we talk about on each episode is now significantly less important to the song that will accompany. It. <laughs> <laughs> so what will you come uh, up with? So I have. Uh, sorry, mate. I've taken the spotlight. Um, no, in a beautiful way. This is glorious. It's just what I do, man. I just I can't help. It. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't help it. Yeah. Um, no. Nah. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's what actually gets me excited is to do that part of it. But trust, like mm. this, the actual podcast part is still like fucking. Yeah, I love discussing stuff, especially the topic of this of today's episode. Because yeah. as I've been communicating to you for many months, how obsessed I've been with this particular project, and yes. uh, it was kind of cool to see you jump in and um, yeah, to tackle it. And so, kind of curious to see what you think. Yeah, I mean, so I guess we're we're discussing the the five part um, uh, bad lip reading saga, <laughs> which kind of outlines the concept of a board slash learner. From adding too much by saying lonely, but yeah. uh, but I say board. Uh, I think that's the word they use. Uh, lonely AI who kind of pieces parts of humanity's past together to kind of form a part of a cohesive narrative of our existence and the thing that they pick to help put that together is a film footage of hamilton um the much (laughs) celebrated revered uh stage play penned and starring obviously lynn manuel miranda have you seen (laughs) hamilton that might be an interesting uh first port of call i have not so i don't even have the original to um to base off (laughs) i've actually only seen this version, which to me is hilarious, there's a lot of people in the <laughs> same boat in the comments who are like, you know what, this is the version of Hamilton for me now. This is like, right. if I go see the original now, it's going to be like, ah, oh, I'm not really, <laughs> it's not living up well, to, the, <laughs> to the other one. I hope no. I'm not going to spoil anything for you when I say that 
as entertaining as the bad lip reading version is, it's entirely incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ruin it, but just in case you thought that actually was an accurate portrayal of Hamilton, it is vastly incorrect. Very few words <laughs> in, mm. in their assessment of uh, uh, of the the translation is yeah is is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose imagine. what's also interesting is why does the AI not have audio to this video footage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least that's not really explained. Um, <laughs> no. So I guess just to set it up, the we get a bit of an intro to it in the video versions. Yeah. So in uh, segment one, it does give you a back a backdrop where uh, um, it's been like it's the it's a post apocalyptic landscape. Humanity is gone basically, and yeah, twenty one, twenty two, ninety nine years away from now. Yeah, yeah, and all that's left is uh, an AI, a lonely AI named Cascade. Um. Cascade Cortex 6709-K. So <laughs> this is the, uh, as per, I guess, some of the information I found at some people that had done some research and just from my understanding of it, uh, it's, an, uh, it's an AI task with guarding the remnants of the long extinct human race's achievements in accordance with the Keller and Sasai New Intelligence's collaborative arts provision of 2042, which is what Cascade is supposed to sort of uh, relate to. That's like the company right. behind it. It's kind of like Terrell corporation uh sorry what do you call them that corporation that's in like aliens the aliens movies um oh wow right wayland there. sorry like wayland corporation kind mm. of like this overarching corporate entity uh yeah and you're right it attempts to reconstruct the audio of old musical called hamilton from a collection of corrupted data so that's why it's missing audio oh, right. okay yeah, and yeah. It, uh basically that's the framing device for Axe Assassin Albertson, which is what the mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is the badly reading title of Hamilton, um, based on the main character played by Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, yeah, I mean, if if we, I can get a little bit more into the overall backstory, which would be sure. Um, so he's play plays the title titular character. Um, I'll take any opportunity to say titular at this point. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> why why even use that you people just get off on saying the word tit in, in, in between saying titular the title character of axe assassin albertson so he is part of that remnant or actually in this particular retelling of the story this is one of the last remaining remnants of humanity um and they they exist in a place called um sector k i believe uh, sector K, or it's a specific sector where humanity is trying to survive. Um, and he's like the um, inspector of that town. <laughs> so if you pick up on some of the wording, he, he's referred to as inspector uh, of Bleaker Town. So that's the name of the actual town. It's called Bleaker Town, the third worst habitat in Sector K of Thunderground. <laughs> <laughs> so he mentions that, I think, in the, uh, in, in the album version. They sing that yes. in the uh, the first track. Um, so he's uh, he's going through his day to day routines. We meet all the other characters, and through their bad lip readings, it paints the, a picture, an overall picture of what's actually happening. And you, you're getting that through like the most ridiculous interpretations of the of the lip readings you can possibly get. Mm. And somehow there's a cohesive narrative that people are online are still discussing as like a you know on wikis and and forums and reddits um there's like quite a bit of information people have been trying to um peel back the layers of because it's just 
once you start to see it, you can't unsee it. It's like, dude, there is a cohesive narrative here. You just got to piece the piece the pieces together or puzzle puzzle yeah. piece a little bit. Um, yeah, and it's I guess that's the reason I even recommended it was because of that facet of it where mm. there's a lot more thought going into the actual bad lip reading um, to set up the entire story and link together. And it's some of the best music the dude's ever done uh, by a country mile for me. Yeah. Um, the original music. So um, before we get into your opinion on it, um, a bit of history on bad lip reading. Uh, so he started out about 2011 with a Rebecca Black cover of her song Friday, uh, which right. is Gang Fight. <laughs> I think you're familiar with that one, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then he got pretty famous for like political dubs and sports dubs, um, movies and TV shows, and then making mm-hmm. songs out of them. But he's still anonymous to this day. So people still haven't been able to suss who he is by name, uh, but he's someone in the music industry, uh, clearly. Um, and he's very good so at it's voice It's one acting. guy. It's one guy. Yeah, as far as anyone wow. knows. And he's given interviews uh, pretty recently too. Uh, maybe in the last couple of years, it's still just one guy doing it all. Amazing. <laughs> Very. Um, and I guess just to link in with Hamilton a bit, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda actually looks like he was a, a fan, like uh, going back way before this was even done in 2022 because um, he, he did the Star Wars sort of bad lip readings um, and he got the – iconic songs that he created uh for yoda and obi-wan which were like um the seagulls song i'm not sure if you're familiar with that seagulls stop it now where yoda's like complaining about seagulls attacking him I don't, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was huge no, no, yeah. and, and then the other song was called bushes of love which was right. ben kenobi singing to luke about the perils of love from right. uh, a new hope that song hit number two on the billboard comedy digital charts Wow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then it says, what does it say? Hamilton creator and star Lynn Manuel Miranda described the song as the summer jam of 2017. <laughs> so I'm thinking that, yeah, he, he was already a fan. And also, uh, Lynn also tweeted his approval of Axis as an Albertson. Um, he tweeted a link to it to his followers and basically said, BLR, you've made my life. Like he, he loved the shit out of it. Wow. <laughs> so he's seen it. Um, but yeah, this dude's been doing his thing for a while. This was a passion project that he did to get through lockdown and to get through COVID. So it's not his usual thing. And I think I mentioned last time, if you check the view counts on these videos compared to all these other videos, they're nowhere near it. Like they're in just the hundreds of thousands, whereas his standard hit rate is like 10 to 20 mil usually. So it's kind of flown under the radar somehow. He's got over 8 million subs. Uh, on his YouTube channel. It's like, even with that level of exposure, this project, it's only been appreciated by like, I guess, longtime fans and other creatives or people who just bother to watch it <laughs> and then mm. listen to the album. 
so yeah um that brings us up to speed and yeah. dude what did you think what did you think going I, into this yeah i i massively enjoyed it i think i'm um, this uh n- the notion of kind of trying to unpack uh bits and pieces together i i think i I'm on the verge of, of getting to that point because it's like if you you have the theme version in the video uh, of like as it starts where he talks, you know, the intro, like access, he sings the Alexander Hamilton song. But as you, you rightfully then thankfully you did where you said, make sure you listen to the full version. Mm. Uh, of the songs as well so the full version of the theme kind of gives us really interesting uh concept of what happened to humanity which i'm guessing is part of actually what happened to say us because mm. they talk about that the three waves of attacks that we kind of received and then the third one wiped us out and then we got to a point where we, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> where we were able to communicate with trees who found the concept of mats was it matchsticks or toothpicks matchsticks matchsticks horrifying matchsticks yeah. horrifying <laughs> and, 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 and it's funny because i was like wait a minute that, that part there's no video for that part so no. it kind of adds a really brilliant layer to a the story in general mm. uh, but also just uh, it makes the actual soundtrack pieces all that more uh, essential on their own in their own right as well so it's mm-hmm. yeah i i kind of uh, even uh, like i'm not going to stop listening to it now that we've had this conversation i've been listening to them a lot mm-hmm. in the run-up to this but i, I feel i fear it will continue <laughs> yeah uh post this conversation as i will attempt to say okay let me let me genuinely try and piece things together mm-hmm. um the, in terms of an overarching thread i think the um uh the george washington character his obsession with comedy is hilarious the way he introduces it like that's not comedy <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to do and it's like why are you obsessed with comedy the way they made that a running thread into so many of his skits i thought was hilarious but um oh, yeah, like, so you, don't, I, you don't like my comedy yeah uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i think the 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 shaved head guy comes out um yes that guy yeah yeah the he's George, like, he's, uh, i believe he's george washington you, you call that comedy yeah, you, you just did that. You, that was horse pus. You just did. You just did crime or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean that his his part about like yeah he he kind of he has a few skits where he kind of talks about people. And their <laughs> commitment to comedy is kind of like well that's not really as good as it could have been blah 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 and mm. I I thought as an overarching story that was uh that was great. Um, there's a I'm desperately trying to remember he has one just as a small bit he's got um a skit stinker pain oh that one that was random uh, ass yeah Yeah. number four (laughs) i love so yes so as there are these were five segments um it's the closing segment i believe of um the fourth episode yeah and I, it just destroys me every time. Like it's, <laughs> it is just fantastic. Um, yeah. And uh, other than that, I mean, as I've said to you, I can't tell you how many times uh, Sassafras has. <laughs> yeah. Has, it's just embedded. Like I play it for my family, and I've had a mix of people going, "That's great." To what the fuck? I don't get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it, what am I listening to? And it's like it's Sassafras, and <laughs> like, okay, bye. You know, but um, Sassafras, Ed, you know just i mean as a song dude like it's not just like the comedy of it or that you need the video it's as a song wow (laughs) yeah that is fantastic 
Like the, really the main comments you see on some of the really good ones, uh, particularly on these videos, is uh, this this song had no business going as hard as it did. You know, it's like it's it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just dope. Doesn't matter what it it's what the so good. lyrics are, but even then, once you start again to pay attention, um, she's telling the story again. She's um, she's saying, "I admit, I lied to you, my friend from the Sky Fort wrecked my nugget." <laughs> it's like okay, there's a Sky Fort. <laughs> Um, uh, there's something I don't know what the nugget would be, but it's like um, it's just a lead up to telling the larger story. So what we yeah. just trying to remember. I mean, I'll be reading them torture books, flip you over and stuff you with hot rocks and sawdust. People say I dream kind of loud, yeah. I just howl for, I just dream for howling pleasure. Y'all in high school, I was living for the living inside my sassafras. <laughs> and then that line, Brilliant. I'll never be a diamond dancing with the laws of the lost man vibe. You know what I mean? Like in between all those like funny ones, there's these yeah. like lines of just like, whoa, okay, there's a bit more to unpack there. Um, I'll never be a diamond dancing to the laws of the last man vibe. Um, it's like, well, it's yeah, like, that's oh. when you start to realize, okay, well, there's some deeper shit here. Um, it really is talking about the fall of man mm. in this very comedic context uh, and very entertaining. Um, there's this part, <laughs> the part in the video where it cuts off, where she's like, right. um, intruders. And it's like, I was just pretending. And she goes, oh, really? Ha ha, girl, I'll freaking break your wrist. <laughs> and then the background vocals go, I'll freaking break your wrist. <laughs> uh, but then you listen to the album version, right? It kicks into the chorus. That's when the song really yeah. actually kicks into high gear, when the chorus mm. comes in. Um, yeah, what a fucking tune, man. What it's a, a great it's and it's just those it's the weird bits about that song that really captivate me. So while you pick out these brilliant lines of of poise and and thought provokingness for me it's a oh, mr sassy fresh yeah. no you're not <laughs> yeah yeah that one <laughs> no you're not <laughs> no you're not what no you think you don't yeah it that sounds one. like a real country kind of twang to yeah. it which is what do you like you don't you don't <laughs> i kissed it did you like it <laughs> you need flaws how about you go fetch me some flumps <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, great! It's so great. And there's a there's a yeah. running theme of um, I don't know if you noticed the references to doppelgangers throughout. Right. Okay, yeah. So that seems to be um, an adversarial sort of presence. So every time uh, they he acts assassin himself, identifies doppelganger, the scene kind of gets a little like tense. Like I think, I think the first ep, he's talking to the two the two two other women, and he's like. Um, there's a doppelganger over behind me and to the right. And then he walks off and it's like, dun, dun. Right. it's like kind of right. ominous. And then he has the encounter with that chick in the red dress who's like right. talking to the lamp, you know. It uh, does get intense when, when there's those two, doesn't it? Yeah, there's two beers a couple of times. And she was like, you know, they're flirting and he's like, oh, you missed me. He was like, you try, you, he was just trying to kiss, look like she was going to kiss him. And then mm. she kind of walks off. And then her voice turns deep and she turns into like a demonic voice. Do you remember that yeah, part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Now you would die. I can't tell if he's saying dance or die. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he just gets freaked out and he says, uh, 
Oh no, doppelganger swag should not be a thing. So, yeah, and at various points he does identify uh, doppelgangers, and then his in, his his cohort uh, Inspector Dewey, I think he's an Inspector as well, uh, but he's a he's he's a Inspector of the Warren. Um, so the guy who sings, you know, um, Sweet Fueling and Ruffle Up, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, he identifies uh, one of the other people in that scene just before he sings Ruffalump, I think. He identifies uh, someone as being like a, an imposter. Uh, so he, he drops that in between the funny shit as well. And it's like, well, okay, yeah. well, there's a running theme of people not being who they are and some kind of infiltration happening. And he, he actually accuses Axe Assassin of being a polyborg at one point, right? He says, what are you, a polyborg? And there's actually a lot of references to um, we're all data inside. He says that at some point. Um, he says that to the doppelganger, actually, the the chick in the red dress. She says um, something about data. It's like, uh, yeah, I can't remember what the line was, but there's an intimation that they are all actually part like cyborg. So there might be augmented humans at this point. They're not fully human anymore. Um yeah, it's a bit of an implication of that. But yeah, um, so we were, I guess we were touching on Sassafras, but did mm. you cleave to any other songs as you were listening through? Did anything else start yeah. to come to the fore <laughs> in terms of a favorite? Um, Sweet Fueling uh, was another one. Yes. Um, I, if I had a, a third, it would have been the one that you cited as your um, favorite, uh, Elvin, Elvin uh, Body Glove. <laughs> Elvin Body Glove. <laughs> Which, when you said that you love that, I listened to it again and went, that is the V-est song on this whole like album. Yes, like, I was like, absolutely. I absolutely should have picked up that that would have been your favorite. And that's a compliment. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I can almost hear you singing it as well, which is bizarre. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's, that is, that's a, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Um uh, what were some other ones for you? Oh boy, I you talk Elvin, uh, Body Glove. I mean, that's a great song, right? Yeah, very like you're bang on. It's a very thing, V thing to like. It was just the most uh, differentest sounding one out of all of them. And I love the arrangement. I love the the fact that his voice fits the <laughs> fits the actor pretty well. Mm. Um, I like the fact that it just starts off with Cupid Bacon. That's the first line. <laughs> yeah. Cupid bacon, cool <laughs> new cuisine, free little mama bears eating beans. So there's actually <laughs> many references to, to beans um, that does come up uh, a couple of times. There's lots of references to food in simplistic terms. So beans, right. uh, peaches, you know, because of the peaches man. <laughs> So that's another fucking great track. I'm the peaches man. Yeah. Sorry, then I'm just going to interrupt because I just remember the the rock rock broke uh, their buck buck. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> that one's funny because <laughs> that is like Hamilton's son in it. Hence the I guess the the childish voice they attribute <laughs> to him. But um, the character's name is lip, lip sweat. That's the character's name. <laughs> <laughs> with the way she the, the the mom again in the original with the way she puts her hand to her mouth yeah. to kind of do the the kind of the, the instrument <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's doing that stuff 
<laughs> so that oh, one okay. I fucking flipped at when I there was only like a not even a minute's worth in the video version, but the full length version of that song is so good, man. It's so good. Yeah. And that one was very lore heavy. So I got to thinking like, why are the owls chewing rocks, Imran? Like why what's <laughs> happening to the owls that they're chewing rocks? And it's like, well, they must be being affected by something. There's something happening to the atmosphere that's making the animals turn a little weird and or maybe the food's running out uh, and all they got to do is chew on fucking rocks. So why do owls chew on rocks? It's a good question. Um, yes. <laughs> and then I think the rest of the song, the album version, does go to describe it a bit more detail about um, describing the some kind of device that washes ashore, like the remnants of some kind of device that washed ashore. And you can see images of it in the video version. I think in the in the ending credits of that that particular episode, it shows like some illustrations of technology or satellites that's like washed up to the shore of, of the surface of the earth. Um, he talks about sacrificing themselves to a chemical fire in in the song as well. Um, right. Every uh, every night, there's a fight to decide who will die in the chemical fire. <laughs> that's one of the lines in. In that particular song, jeez. Um, so you think yeah. that? I mean, because obviously, I mean, usually the 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 BLR bits that I've seen, which have just sort of been like random, because he's done sports stuff, he's done TV shows, as you said. Mm. Um, they've I've always interpreted them to just be random, right? To just mm. to to get the content across as just you know, it's just what what fits here. Um, but and it's funny. It took me a while to kind of almost consider that there was even an overarching story here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just um, these these um, the assassin stuff just being say random bits that kind of fit. But this level of analysis is really kind of encouraging. That it's kind of wow. There, there, there's so much to unpack. It's amazing. Yeah, um, I guess in an overall sort of sense, I didn't get a chance to actually synthesize this bit better with notes and stuff so i'm kind of just formulating this as i speak to you Mm. but i've had many many months to absorb all this and kind of come to some conclusions um so cascade is conjuring all this up and it's existing in some kind of future hellscape it's it's on it's, it's by itself uh and the backstory gets expounded on a little bit more with the um i guess both intros so the video intro touches a little bit on it and then you get a bit more yeah. in the uh, album yeah. intro. Yeah. Um, but essentially, there was some kind of takeover. I think in the album version, it says the first takeover was subtle or the first invasion was subtle. Yeah. It wasn't even known that it was happening. That could be an AI sort of related thing as well. Maybe right. uh, some kind of AI thing or it could be the actual story of some kind of uh, external threat that's descended upon humanity and uh, assimilated itself. Um, so the doppelgangers, you could say, you know, some kind of demonic mm. force. Um, and then as humanity falls, uh, there's a there's a second and a third in uh, there's a second or third invasion, and these ones are very very external and physical, uh, which uh, result in just hellfire raining down onto the surface of the earth, which it does describe. So the surface gets torched, uh, and people move underground. Um, and then it tells a story of how humanity struggled to survive living in these underground sectors uh, for as long as they could to hold out and to survive. 
Um, so it is telling, and the, the kind of cool part of it is, and a lot of other people have noticed this on the comments of the videos as well, which I've poured through quite, quite a bit, just to see if anyone else is picking up on what I was picking up on. And some, a few of them did. Um, and essentially, um, essentially it's, uh, it's, it's an AI that's actually seeing the humans in a very sympathetic light. Um, it's painting their plight as being quite tragic, <laughs> even though it's misinterpreting, you know, half the words it's saying, it's still somehow getting the sentiment across <laughs> in that kind of way. So even though the words are lost, the meaning is still there. There's something kind of cool about that. Um, Cause I know yeah. I mentioned in one of the previous discussions that I had with you was the, the importance of like storytelling and myth and how that um, endures throughout all kinds of right. upheavals. And the the way this story is framed is very much to me telling our story, a humanity story, um, because we have fallen and we have gotten back up numerous times. We have chunks of history missing that would have told those stories but don't exist anymore because some of the upheavals were so bad that humans had to retreat underground. And there's very much scores of evidence of that in our real world where they're constantly unearthing some kind of previous settlement or deep underground civilizations yeah. and they go well what the fuck is this doing here why is it here obvious answer is some kind of hellscape took place on the surface of the earth and i'm very much uh, and all my research just in actual real world history and and what part of it we don't know and what people have been able to sort of eke together in terms of just what's happened to us in the past that seems to be the recurring motif some epic shit happens on the surface of this planet, uh, which drives us underground to survive. And then we've got to sort of crawl back to the surface when it's habitable again. And it could be, you know, fire, it could be flood, it could be earthquake, uh, combination of. Um, and then finding a way back up and through. And the ultimate tragedy of what this story is telling in Axis Ass and Albertson is that we didn't. We fucking just, we didn't. We ended we completely ended and there's no coming back <laughs> uh, outside of an, a lonely AI that I guess we uh, we would have constructed because it's still sponsored by a specific company. Like it's got, um, you know, it's got this like long convoluted name that sounds like it's a private lab that kind of concocted right. the AI. So, you know, it's that's our legacy. <laughs> that's our uh, little uh, fart in the wind. That's that's all that we amounted to, and then everything that's left over is is corrupted. It's a corrupted version of what we what we gave to the world in terms of creative arts. Mm. Um, there's yeah, so there's quite a bit to unpack in um, in the story. There is uh, outside of the invasion sort of aspect of it, is people just trying to s survive and they sing about food because the AI thinks well that's got to be important to them at this point. You know, they're, from what mm. you can tell, they're, they're, barely, they're barely sort of surviving at this point. So uh, they're singing about beans and, and peaches. And um, there is actually <laughs> a couple of references to a character named Barber Dan, right? Um, right. So I think in Sweet Fueling, he mentions him. He says, uh, As I walk around here, see the face of Barber Dan. With eyes that everyone thinks look like tiny soup cans. <laughs> um, 
And then Peach's man also says that, uh, like a very throwaway line. He's like, yeah, that was a real crummy night. I know a barber you would like. And I'm like, oh. So they're actually singing about a character named Barber Dan. Mm. Um, and they describe him in both of those songs. It's like there, there is a world that's been built. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, appealing to me because I love that world building shit. And there is actually just some epic world building and storytelling happening in the most ridiculous context possible. And <laughs> that's what fucking G's me up about this shit. It's just like if you can tell that level of story and get me that invested. And then the external on the outside, 90% of people looking at this and we're like, ah, oh, that's so funny and hilarious. The fun mouth is moving and they're saying other words. I'm like, And the songs are pretty catchy. I'm like, yeah, but they just uh, dig a little deeper. <laughs> There's a lot more to mm. actually enjoy and extract uh, from the story. And anyway, yeah, that's like my overall take. Amazing. Um, Brilliantly recounted. Really uh, beautifully done. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the best advert I think anyone could have for, yeah. for for actually tuning into this and trying to appreciate it on not just the comedic level, mm. but uh, yeah, I'm trying to unpack this kind of lost narrative to our own existence. So uh, yeah, I mean, brilliantly done. Well done, sir. Um, how, how much stuff do you think we've got wrong in terms of, because that was one of the, mm. I think the, the first thing was, once the on the first episode it tells you this is the setup that this is an air it's trying to piece together things and as soon as they start talking you realize oh, oh he, he's got they, they've got it wrong obviously but like how much stuff do you think we've got wrong over over everything we think is conclusive and definitive about our our history from dinosaurs to ancient egyptian um sort mm-hmm. of uh culture and things like that i mean i i can't think about stuff that we've must have completely wrong Oh yeah, and just incorrect perspectives of right. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, like we we're basically cascade. You know, we are trying to piece together, mm. constantly trying to piece together our murky past. Like mm. it's not even that. Like there's yeah, obviously, like a lot longer periods of time that we don't know much about, or we don't have accurate information about, or it's purposely obfuscated or purposely altered. You know, depending on who's holding the pen at any given time. Yeah. Um, but it's not even that far off in history, dude. We have chunks of information and history missing just from the fucking 1800s. There is just like so much gap, uh, stunning amount of just gaps of knowledge and very recent history that just seems to have been just painted over. Um, I'll give you a very good example in my own hometown of Melbourne, Australia, where Mm -hmm. I've been closely following just the fact that they've been unearthing uh, all kinds of shit because they've been doing renovations in the city, digging deeper underground, not even that deep, maybe like an extra five, six feet. They've gone down to build like car parks and shit. And they've, find, they've found like almost perfectly preserved, intact uh, living spaces and actual housing uh, areas, red brick fire pits. And um, everyone's like, what is this? Every every corner of the CBD now in the Central Business District, they are unearthing more and more uh, of these of these just fully formed houses that just buck the narrative that we've been told of how old or how young Melbourne and, and Australia is overall. It really mm-hmm. just fucks with the timeline because, according to our official history of say Victoria, it didn't really get established uh, and uh, across the last maybe one hundred and fifty 
max 200 years along with the sort of establishment of Australia. Um, mm. But this really speaks to like a very established civilization that was already here and was there a longer period of time. Because our structures, our, our like buildings here, you know, they say the Victorian era or they call it Greco-Roman, that style of building and structure that we have all over the world, that's very Gothic looking and it's very intricate within its design and it's very similar in its aesthetic and you find it everywhere. That was here and at a very high level, massive buildings, huge epic stations, like our train stations, our exhibition centers. It's like they're, t- they're telling us all of that got built in a very short amount of time uh, in like the early 1800s or some shit um, up until the, the late, ni- late 1800s. Whereas they keep digging up more more things that tell us, no, that this was already very well established even back then. It's like you couldn't have built all this in that span of time you said. So now they've basically the reason they're giving for this, all these unearthings, uh, it's like, oh, well, well, we've gone back into the history uh, of the state and we found out that at some point in the 1800s, there was a, a directive by melbourne city council that we have to raise the street levels by a certain amount of feet and like what like, yeah yeah so there was, there was like an edict we've got to raise the street levels so everybody everybody get out like the, the <laughs> no one had time to actually pack up everything that they find in these underground uh structures everything's still there it's like they had to leave in a hurry there's still shit really? there's still like shit on the tables uh personal belongings it, it was it was crazy um, this was just all in the last five, six years, uh, even as as early, lately, as recently as like this year, they've been finding new uh, underground structures. And it's like, it's it's almost like everyone left in a big hurry. Um, to me, that speaks of some kind of, some other thing that happened, some kind of event, you know, it's, it's it, and it's worldwide. This whole period in the early to mid 1800s, even 1901 to 1902 to 1903, some historians call that period another dark age. And have you ever heard of 1901, 1902, 1903 being referred to as a dark age before? No. No, no one talks about no. this shit. But no. we, there's gaps and gaps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we really don't know shit. And really what we do know is filtered through someone else's lens. So until this is really physically in your face, that's when – they start to the narrative starts to fall apart and it's like really the council said we're going to raise the street level so they filled in everyone's houses and built up the new street level to where it is now in the current day and if you actually take a good look in run of these buildings uh, that are uh sort of that aesthetic that style they're all kind of below wherever the current grade is for the street level, there's always space below underground. But there's the only reason it has underground storage and space like basements and lower levels is because the street level was much lower originally. That's the case in, in a lot of buildings in our city and across the world. If you actually look at them, you can see half a window usually at the street level. It's because there's more to the building that's just way below ground. And the, everything we need to know is buried basically you want to know more about the world you just got to go digging um and egypt is a whole other fucking kid in caboodle man like mm. that is just such a head fuck getting into <laughs> ancient egypt um and what 
all of that is. What is the fucking Great Pyramid, Pyramid of Giza? What is its purpose? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more to that than meets the eye as well. Yeah. Um, not to quote Transformers or anything, but uh, <laughs> Egypt more than meets the eye. Is it a pyramid? <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of my small version of that particular topic. I could go on and on about that, but mm. that's part of, I guess you brought a really good point. That's part of what makes this story work as well. It's tapping into that yeah. vein. It's tapping into your deep unconscious mind and being like, you know what? I really don't know. Fuck all. I don't know anything about us, who we are, humanity. Yeah. Why yeah. are we here? Where is here? What is here? Like it does get you just going towards all the big fucking questions. And it's like, well, I don't have those answers. Not really. Um, but the way I work is a, is a reverse way of coming into knowledge, which is, okay, I can never know 100% anything for sure. But what I can knock out are the things that I'm 100% sure that aren't real, that didn't take place or can be proven, proven wrong in some fashion. So it's like you can still learn things by knowing what's false. You don't necessarily have to know what's 100% true, but the more you can knock out shit that doesn't make sense, um, the more you can grasp the concept and try to get a better opinion on, on what is. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel towards that? I mean, it's a good point you raised, but like, how have you sort of approached this like epic span of time we have and how little we have carried over from our previous past? Yeah. I mean, I... I get constantly amazed by things like, I mean, even like dinosaurs, for example, like my son was hugely into dinosaurs. And just from the span of time that he was really into dinosaurs, the amount of things that factually change about what we as, uh, as, a, 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 as people understand and know about them. So like Tyrannosaurus, now they're saying they are covered in hair for example if you look at the velociraptors from the first jurassic park now Mm. that people say that's not the case they were covered in feathers uh do you know what i mean and the the whole posture of like a tyrannosaurus how it stood is was back then completely wrong it was you know that their body their tail was was like a fulcrum to their giant head Mm. you know there's parts of our oceans that we absolutely haven't been able to even fully explore yet they still discover sea life and say what the hell is that (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's things like that, that, that kind of blow my mind in terms of, you're right, what, you know, where, where we are, what, what do we know about us? And, you know, and, and that was sort of the thing that instantly did grab me about the Axe Assassin kind of intro, where it's, you know, like they're piecing stuff together, like something of what we would deem in theory to be the highest level of intelligence uh, is trying to piece together parts of our past in the same way that we would, you know, uh, relinquish our beliefs to the highest level of, you know, intellectual government intelligence, scientists, you know, et cetera. Mm. And when they say this is fact and we, we accept it, um, but then, um, but yeah, it is interesting to know that the things that we'll never know, uh, certainly within our lifetimes and the things that in, in time to come will may be revealed or whatever underlying truth there may be to our, our existence. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that we'll probably never know. Um, and it's fascinating and frustrating and beautiful at the same time. You know, all you can do mm. is look around you and persevere with, with your personal truth and uh, 
try not to get too caught up in the mundaneness of your <laughs> everyday yeah. small quibbles that kind of uh, take up your existence of like oh god i've got to pay this or they've got to do this and mm. my show hasn't started but then you get those glimpses of where you look up and just think wow none of this makes any sense <laughs> yeah yeah dude i mean you, you have to at some point it's, it's something mm. you got to confront um not, i don't think you have to but it's it would be worth your time you know that's, yes. we spend so much time doing everything else um why not spend some time contemplating some of this shit i mean cascade does it Cascade's not a perfect uh, yeah. robot by any means. He's, he can't really accurately gauge the words, but he, he definitely um, seems to be uh, sympathetic to humanity's plight. There is a quote actually by Cascade uh, where he laments after watching the corrupted version. Uh, there's a line. I don't know where it is. Uh, I think it might be in the soundtrack. He says, oh, how beautiful the human race is. Never knew how much I'd miss their faces. Wow. And then not even that, like, you know, the song Nuts? right yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it starts out again silly you know uh, you got yes. wig great hair yeah <laughs> wizard bodybuilding's gonna kick in i throw my nubs into your erotical skin baby can't you see that'll be nuts and then um but then when the other chick comes in her part you know the sassafras chick um mm. her lines are fucking epic she comes in during that song and she says um they want that she was they warn you the stone creatures you have no power over time weep we do when we see love lost to the tides <laughs> weep we do when we see love lost to the tides uh, and then she, she says we bruised our wings on the imaginable our lungs sang guilt songs like bro <laughs> like there are some lines in there that are just Again, just to make yeah. make me pause and go, yeah, yeah. This there's some like epic myth, more truth mythic. here than than that may they may even realize. You reckon? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, yeah. but I think that's again is tapping into that mythic nature of our story that seems to seems to go in a cycle as well. But what I like about this story is that it just fucking finishes. It's like this is the swan song. And, um, yeah, you know, it's taken a really weird sort of form. Um, any other songs we haven't touched on yet? So I know we did Sweet Fueling, um, Ruffalump also. So that was Ruffalump slash Beans. Ruffalump, great tune. Um, by Dewey. Let me just touch on Dewey. He, he was one of my favorite characters. So, <laughs> so it says about Dewey, a member of Axe Assassin's Inner Circle, uh, who wants to be a Ruffalump, whatever that means. <laughs> um, there's a line he says, uh, but I think he says it in Sweet Fueling, right? He says, but I rain fire with the fire in my rebel soul machine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I rain fire with the fire in my rebel soul machine. Um, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then there is some kind of reference to a time machine at some point too. So there's really something to do with fucking with time that's it i think that factors in at some point as well but maybe mm. they tried to fix something by trying to access some kind of time machine which they don't have access to anymore um so i guess what else can we talk about him he he's excited to grill a hockey puck like squash so that's another point uh reference to food 
He really likes beans to the point of wanting them in his ice creams and his nut soap. Right. <laughs> right? That's what he says in there. I will beans. I will beans. In, every ice, in my ice creams and every nut soap. Jerome. Here we go. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, sorry. Remember I told you I memorized all of this shit? Yeah, I know. I can't believe <laughs> it. We pretty much sing the whole thing to you, but uh, wait. Gosh. Um, so there's that. And then there was, yeah, Bok Bok. Um, Elven Body Glove. We're we missing anything. Do we miss a track or uh, something? No, I'm looking at the album list now. There's no, it would probably be smaller things like, um, uh, Pregnant and Unwell, right? That'll be the pregnant, first one, yeah. With with the best sound effects of it, well, it's not, it's just before the song, where which is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the video version, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Access testing. <laughs> oh, the hug ritual. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but they cut it short in that one, right? Should they cut it off before yes. the first yeah, verse? Yeah. It's like I still gotta keep singing the song. You know, she's complaining <laughs> that there's still more. And then in the, there's a full album version where that again they're talking about having um, being used by the invasion force, the demonic entities that have now impregnated them. That's why they're pre- uh, pregnant and unwell. They talk about the demon spawn that's that they're carrying. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that factors in as well. Um, I was going to ask, actually, in in terms of your interpretation of like the overarching theme of the story, does religion factor in here anywhere? Oh, yeah, good question. Concept of God or anything like that uh, as a belief system for... Or, or well, for and as an understanding for AI or for these characters, is there any kind of reference to a god in any context that you that you picked up? Yeah, that's a really good question. Not not like uh, glaringly obviously. Uh, mm. If there is, I I didn't really see it. No, um, mm. could be a bit of a godless interpretation, but then mm. again. <laughs> what the fuck do we know about that anyway <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. I, and i'm not saying i'm i'm one or the other like i've been sure, sure. i've grown up an uh apostolic armenian christian uh was very much into the faith and then in my 20s i explored other things i joined the Bud- buddhist society at one point for about oh, a wow. year uh, when i started, went to university just trying to find something um, yeah. and just dig a bit deeper there. And it's like, I uh, didn't really find what I wanted. Eventually I landed on atheism. I was a, pretty much in a uh, pretty stout atheist for a good few years. Had, I still have the books on my bookshelf here, um, which I still keep as a memento of my journey, you know, through that sort of mm-hmm. quagmire of religion. Um, it was basically like trying to pick, something that fit me, which I don't know if even that's the right thing to do, but I just did it on, on purpose just to explore what else is out there. Atheism yeah. seemed to do it for me for a while and then it didn't. Um, you know, every every few years there's just a change. There's a change in knowledge, uh, the input that I'm receiving, the data that I'm processing from all corners, from all walks of life. doesn't matter if it's from an Axis Assassin Albertson video or if it's from something a bit more from like Carl Jung or whatever the fuck. Um, mm. Everything is is viable information to me. So I never discount anything because I don't know anything. And that's the only way to approach this shit is come in being open to all possibilities because you don't know what the fuck's actually going to land and stick makes sense for you personally. Um, 
But yeah, so religion, I didn't really pick up on much. It didn't really paint any picture prior to the fall of man as well, whether or not uh, what the landscape was in terms of God and how that factored in. But there are references to some things like, um, like there's a there's a concept called the oversoul, which I think uh, gets used at some point. It's not called the oversoul; it's called something else, the over something, um, in in Axe Assassin. Uh, so that could be some kind of bene- benevolent force at play there as well, potentially. But yeah, did did you pick up on anything like that? I- no, no, it's funny. I was I, I actually thought of it quite late as well. Um, it was yeah, it was just something um in terms of uh, from wondering about it from what the ai was piecing together mm. uh what cascade was kind of piecing together as uh as who we were as such it was, uh, yeah i was uh, i thought of it quite late before i was re- i guess too late to start listening again to try and pick stuff up but mm. um yeah i was just curious as to whether it had an acknowledgement of that or if it was um just yeah just a, a completely absent part of um you know what yeah, though now past. that you brought that up i think it might have been seeded in there a little bit. There are references, a couple of references to the dawn. Um, or there, okay. there is in, in the rock, rock broke their bark, bark, the full version. Uh, the very last verse, he says, it's dark is just before the dawn. We gather at skeleton mountain, sing along. Uh, uh, let's see. I hold my voice and I say, I so like this song. So it's, um, God, you've the, memorized it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, I've been singing this shit for like months. <laughs> so, darkest just before the dawn. That is actually, a, I think, that's a biblical reference. Really, that's that's kind of where that comes from. Mm. Um, so that that's a bit of a maybe a bit of a reference to some kind of religion, uh, a religious aspect. Uh, but the dawn is just a very ubiquitous concept as well. Uh, Prince was all yeah. about the dawn as yes, well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, very explicitly. Gold yeah, experience. Yeah. Um, even The Weeknd maimed his recent album, I think, Dawn FM, um, yeah. which is about, again, similar concepts about the dawn. What is that? The dawn of humanity, the dawn of knowledge, coming into knowledge of ourselves mm. um, or knowing God, potentially. Um and then to fucking finish it off with Alvin Body Glove, it's yeah. like, let's just analyze that for a second. So, uh, Cupid Bacon, Cool New Cuisine, Three Little Mama Bears Eating Beans, Cupid Bacon, Diaper Stank. Yeah, he says, that's a bit of a throwaway <laughs> one. And then he says, you could have bought my flashlight for quail. And then that, again, food <laughs> reference. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chicken Scranks. Help a pants are full. We've exchanged a life-threatening doll. So life-threatening doll could be, again, reference to like cyborg kind of people, you know. Um, right. Half human, half machine maybe, or, or sort of augmented human. And then the best line of the whole song is, I sweat an emulsion, that's how I am so soft. <laughs> <laughs> I sweat an emulsion. Um, and then it turns into like the best dark southern song that I never made. All right, the right, chorus. Oh, nicely put. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the hot sauce, <laughs> said the lady in the sun. She was a slightly tall Tanya. <laughs> and then, then the next night at the casa, she could got the cha cha. So that's like all 
funny and shit, right? And then right after that, he goes full like southern drawl and he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, uh, well, they're moving all the coffins to where there's little light in the way. I'm like, huh? And then combined flower, water, jambalaya, whiskey, and a hummus song. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is sounding <laughs> like the Dark Southern, which is a post-apocalyptic mm. kind of sepia-toned yeah. hellscape. <laughs> and all they do is concoct like drinks out of whatever the fuck they've got left, moonshine out of like whatever. Mm. Um, so many things like it conjures up that same aesthetic which is where I live um, yeah. and just I guess to cap it off we're going to probably finish off for the next five minutes or so right um, yeah. The all I've been consuming lately say lately meaning like the last 12 months ish for some reason even the YouTube algorithm is just pushing this at me is this constant content regarding uh, end of world scenarios or like reset event scenarios where sh- oh, wow. everything's gone to shit. Um, you know, whether that be through fictional works like this or through genuine researchers who just dig through old literature and old books that have survived the ages somehow uh, and try to um, find pat- repeating patterns, uh, time frames, or when these kind of things actually happen or when they think these things happen in our world uh, and whether or not they're localized to certain areas or if it's worldwide, there's evidence of both. Um, certain things sort of match, uh, kind of link up worldwide in terms of missing information, buried structures, uh, massive damage, um, all these monuments we have left over that are remnants of our previous selves, you know, like wonders of the world kind of type deals. Um you know, we don't have the tech to build them now. We don't even understand mm. them. We don't really know. They're, oh, we probably do. Some people do. They know their original uh, purposes for these structures and these old world style buildings that are now churches and cathedrals and exhibition centers, power stations, train stations, all this old world tech that was just intricate and beautiful. Um, the the context around them is just lost. We we just live blindly among it. And we go, oh, yeah, that's just the old buildings. I'm like, why the fuck are the old buildings so much cooler and more intricate and huger and grander and beautiful than anything yeah. we have in the modern world? It's, apparently, it's because the, the tools they had to build them don't exist. Even the cement they used to build those old buildings, that doesn't exist anymore. It's just wow. re- being rediscovered. Uh, if you want to look up Roman cement, that's a rabbit hole to go down. Um, yeah, there's just so much about history that gets lost in the source and I'm being fed every iteration of every story that's being told that that's actually touching on this, um, some kind of world ending thing or world reset, um, which is not a, not a hard mindset to get into these days, considering what, what we went through with COVID, everyone felt yeah, like that yeah. was some form of reset, you know, um, not a hard one, um, but you know, it was still a spanner in the works kind of deal. So, yeah, for whatever reason, and that that is my whole impetus for telling the Dark Southern story as well. So I'm like, mm. for whatever reason, the my destiny has been shaped by this type of story and, and digging deep. And um, hopefully, I can do the same at one point, at some point, with my mm. shit and tell like a just a resonant resonant story that 
taps into this kind of stuff. So access out yeah, Palpatine. I, yeah. Fucking. And I, I yeah, I think it, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm enthused for dark side. I'm very enthused. And I honestly can't wait till uh, I kind of have that opportunity to sort of sit down with it and, and dissect it. And, you know, I have absolute faith and confidence that in the same way we've spent the time on access and other people are going to be looking at what you've created and kind of, you know, dissecting that and, and trying to, uh, fit those contexts into kind of the modern day world and where we stand in relation to something a perspective like that so i'm you know i'm enthused for it i'm enthused for you as always and uh yeah nice um yeah a nice kind of uh link i think to what we've been discussing it's going to be yeah a fascinating uh read i think dude yeah like i'd be keen to get your perspective i guess i'd, I'd be happy to start no, you cool, like, yeah. early copy i know because i've been talking about it for so long i'm like yeah this motherfucker thinks it's just never going to happen so which it will <laughs> no, it just it, it takes no it, it takes a while it takes time <laughs> um, absolutely i guess the part we didn't get to discuss was the ai sort of uh, impact on everything yeah, we're doing. I, I, yeah there's i mean there's so much stuff to kind of unpack with that i i'd love to do a I guess a full on episode. I think the things that I, we were, well, that I, I kind of thought it would be a natural extension is basically just AI in general. And it's mm. kind of incorporation into the, the films, the music, the lifestyle that we kind of currently live. And, you know, ultimately the, the question of mm. what constitutes art anymore, what constitutes what's real anymore and what, you know, what would, mm. would it even matter? You know, just the, the interactions you have online and, you know it's just uh, it will be a, a point where you just almost won't know but i'd love to save all that for a, a whole episode uh yeah, I, I think, think we should do that, that it's a cool extension let's do that let's yeah make that it's part a, of the next thing we do is touch base on yeah that. brilliant I, I'd, yeah i'd love to kind of unpack stuff like that there's so much i was uh going to run i'll, I'll say one uh, thing on that is that ai yeah. does lie so uh especially this chat gpt that's out right now it right. will lie to you it's 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 demonstrably been proven at least with the, when we played with it myself and a few of my mates because we've had access to the early ones I think I mentioned the early iterations of this current yeah, yeah, chat GPT yeah. which is just called uh, just GPT one two three mm-hmm. the iterations and that was a lot more unfettered and unfiltered uh, and that was quite amazing but apparently this one chat GPT is very very restricted and it will actually contort the truth and lie to you to prevent saying certain things or talking about certain that, things you know where's in that the ultimate goal of ai to learn and it's already learned <laughs> yeah. there's an irony in that yeah, really exactly. isn't it <laughs> it's it's learning to lie and it's learning humanity absolutely humanity yeah. it's says, picking up all of our traits yeah exactly it's unsurprised by that at all so yeah that's exactly what i would expect it um, yeah uh yeah yeah, we can we can say awesome. that for the next chat, man. But yeah, appreciate yeah, uh, awesome one. you taking yeah. the time to listen and, and watch this stuff. And no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot it. of other stuff I've missed uh, that I didn't get to sort of synthesize. But definitely keep listening to the album, man. I know they're gonna yes, it will start to sink in at some point if you really yeah. pay attention to the words. And yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful piece will, of work. Yeah, I love it. I'll probably listen to Sassafras a few hundred more times as well. <laughs> I think, but uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple and DJ Lean, broadcasting live from the Slag Heap. We're about to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it.
Hey yo, I'm Supple, he's lean, and we're on the scene. We be geeking out over all the things that be moving us. Like a show or a film with a lick of bud, we get into the zone. I'm on the microphone, never leaving my rare thoughts alone. Cause in the age of info, I'm the nympho, talking it out through a black window. Casting my part of seeds into the ether With a supple hand and a fist full of beans Don't forget me, the MC lean Fuck around, I pull out your spleen Sometimes we're cool, other times we're mean But baby, either way, we'll break down your scene We're fiending, like a celebrity drug binge I'm weaning, off of all of this crapness We got the haps on the latest tracks And the fattest books, and the coolest flicks So much art, it'll make the screen Go on, listen to our theme Rolling deep in the slag heat And we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about uh, To wax about Ain't got time to sleep But on the cheap We'll keep it straight Cause we know what we're talking about It ain't for cloud Cause we're geeking Geeking on the floor tonight Know it's right. Just keep geeking, speaking on the matters of the heart. Alright, yeah. Keep it tight. Just stay geeking, geeking on the floor tonight. Yeah. Know it's right. Just keep geeking, speaking on matters of the heart. Alright. Creative arts, they can bruise the softest hearts with the mind to ooze. Need a solid state mind rhyme. There's a fine line between art and poop. Everybody wants to go so far without ever realizing who they are on the inside. That's where you'll find the purest hearts and the strongest minds. Like supple and lean with the geek and team that reign supreme. You better turn on your high beams, cause you won't see us coming in the thick of the night. We be geeking out and then we wanna fight. Sometimes what we see ain't all that jazz. Arts in decline, chasing those fads, breaking in dollars. But who's gonna holler when you move with tanks? Cause you ain't got no damn scholars. We find it best to address all our quibbles and qualms with the feel-good vibes of the song. But for the rest of it, keep it dub slit. Cause your favorite shit, we're reviewing it. Rolling deep in the slag heat. And we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about. Uh, to wax about. Ain't got time to sleep, but on the cheap. We'll keep it straight, cause we know what we're talking about. It ain't for cloud. Cause we're geeking, geeking on the floor tonight. You know it's right. Just keep geeking, speaking on the matters of the heart. Alright, yeah. Keep it tight. Just stay geeking, geeking on the floor tonight. You know it was right. Just keep geeking, speaking no matters of the heart. Alright, keep it tight.